Hey, you're listening to Drawing the Line. I'm Roman McCutcheon. And I'm Brad Reeves. Today we're going to talk about government. And we're going to talk about Romans 13 without mentioning Hitler. Oh, sounds good. Let's get started. Season 3, Episode 5, um, also known as our 30th episode of yeah. this podcast. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't think that was, like, I didn't, like, starting this when we were talking about it, and yeah. I didn't think that it was going to get to this point. Roman, we are just getting started. We're just getting warmed up. We're just now <laughs> starting to get in the good stuff. I mean... I, I agree. I, I think that like the other day I went back and I listened to some of our first episodes and like I want to go ahead and formally apologize for me in those first few episodes. What are you talking about? I just felt like I was so like robotic. I didn't really want to no, throw a lot no. out there. I mean, I feel like I can listen now and be like, oh, yeah. All right. Like way to just be. Um, right. I also talk a lot more with my hands now than I did then. Um, which but that's you guys helpful. See, you you got to do that. Yeah, I get excited, and I'm like, yeah, I have big hands. You guys can't see any of this, but my hands are just, they're kind of everywhere. But yeah, we, I know we really do need to get the uh, the webcam going. Well, we ha- I got a new camera, so, everybody so maybe. Can, yeah, we, everybody needs to see the context here with the bearskin rug. Yeah. And the popcorn machine. It's real. We got the fantasy football draft poster up on the wall. Yes. Um, I'm currently undefeated. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> 4 now. Um, just got a solid trade from your son. Thank yeah. you. Appreciate that. I know, but there was some bribery or gratuities going on uh, there. I don't, um, there was no, no one said that none of that wasn't allowed. So, I know. Like, I'm just saying that's what <laughs> he told me there was other stuff going on there. I don't know. I, I mean, when you got it, you got it. I don't really know. What did you promise him? I can't, was it food? No, I got, I gave Pizza? him, I gave him two ragaball rackets. Um, yes, in, yes. uh, and yes. Okay. And a, and a, a tight end and a receiver, <laughs> uh, a tight end and a receiver for, he's very excited Nick. about those racquetball racks. Yeah, it was fun. We had a good time, but, um, getting back on track, uh, we're talking about government today. Yes. Government. Um, which I, I'll be honest the government is, is not completely my lane, but in doing research, I realized how opinionated I was about these things that I don't think are in my lane. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. and so I'm excited to, to, to talk to, to see where your head is at, Brad. I know that you have experience dealing with political people. Um, I, you've mentioned it before and maybe, and I don't know if you plan to talk about that or not, but I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing from someone who's directly been involved in some of that stuff. Yeah. Um, well, I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the things that I do, I don't even know that I've ever mentioned this. I mentioned that I'm a lawyer, but the, the law that I practice, the type of law that I practice is I am a government contracts lawyer. Uh-huh. Um, that's sort of my specialty. So almost all of my clients are companies that do business with the federal government. So mm. I'm very aware that things like, you know, for instance, the U.S. government is the biggest customer in the world. Sure. It, it buys more things than any other company right. 
in the world. So if you think about it like that, but I thought maybe to get us started off just thinking about like what government is, what we had, and, and that's why I, I wanted to try, it'll be almost impossible to keep politics out of it completely, but I wanted to try to think about government real broadly. Like we had, was, was it the first season when we did about politics? Yeah, we I believe so. About yeah, yeah, I believe so. So this is... Uh, you know, you might think in your mind, well, what's the difference between government and politics? I mean, I think with government, we're talking much more broadly of, about sort of the entire structure right. of of how we live and work together. And we, we talked about that a little bit in politics. But when you think about things as simple as, I don't know, did you, this is sort of personal, have you showered yet today? I have, yes. Okay, me too. Okay. So cool. when you took a shower, do you ever think about like, how do I know that the water that's washing me off is yeah. actually like not toxic? Not not until it starts to stink. And that has happened to me before. So Okay, yes. or if it comes out brown yes. or yellow, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a problem. Yeah. So like one of the, I'm just, just as an example the the government does so many things that I think we just take for granted that there's sort of like a baseline mm -hmm. that we expect. Like we, yeah. we expect when we pull out onto the freeway that there's not going to be, um, you know, like an eight inch pothole that's going to destroy our rims and blow yeah. our tires. Not, not that that might not happen sometimes, but sure. like we expect that the water's going to be drinkable yeah. out of a faucet or that it's not going to like burn us mm -hmm. or or make us sick like in flint michigan a couple right of years yeah. ago, right like but there's all these different things that we expect like we even even some things that we don't maybe even think about that often like the fact that when you buy well you don't have you don't have an energy drink today what's what's wrong i it's it's been a it's been a long day. I've already had two. So. <laughs> but, all right, so we're gonna go for a third. Yeah, but be a normally third. normally Roman has some type of a energy drink next to him. But you know, even trusting that what is on the label and what's you know what's listed, what the ingredients, how much caffeine, how many mm -hmm. calories, all that kind of yeah. stuff. I mean, the reason it's there is because of government. Sure. Right. It's it's because of the FDA, because of all these different regulations, and so. I guess I just wanted to start out thinking in the broadest possible terms about what government is and what it does. And so I think maybe our conversation today is about, okay, well, as, as people who try to follow Jesus, are there, are there, um, or how should we even think about government? And maybe if we get into places where maybe we have disagreement with government, yeah. how does that work? As a, as a Christian, like if if we want, if we've talked about this many times before, Roman, but if we want our Christianity to be more than just, oh, I go to the church that has this name on the front and I go there every Sunday mm -hmm. or I go there, you know, yeah. this often or that often and we do what we do in there and then that's it. If that's all that our faith is, then it, it's pretty limited. But if right. our faith is going to sort of inform how we interact in all these different aspects in life and including how we view and interact with and engage with government yeah. then I thought it'd be a worthy topic at least yeah and and as somebody who you know I didn't grow up in a in a house where we talked about things I think that specific I think it was a and maybe this is normal for a lot of houses I'm not exactly sure it was a 
Um, I, I don't necessarily want this episode to become like, and I think that you would agree, I at least maybe, you can disagree, I guess, if it's you okay. want. But I don't think that the purpose of this is like, all right, let's talk Republicans and Democrats. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's not, that's not the purpose, but like that is as close to government as what like growing up my house was like. Right. And so it, it, we didn't we didn't talk about, you know, like public utilities. We didn't talk about how cool the park was down the road or we didn't we didn't talk about. I mean, maybe every now and then people complain about taxes, but it was just like they're too high. There's too many. And like that was essentially where. Right. We're at, you right. Know? That's the line on taxes. Yeah. Right. And, and, so, <laughs> and so it was there wasn't a big like no quotes to Romans 13 which we'll get to but (laughs) yes exactly right never (laughs) no (laughs) Um, but you know I think the the older that I got uh, the more that I started studying more for myself just in general not even necessarily looking for things about government or what I'm supposed to do or my respect towards authorities or anything like that Um, it, it was more just studying the Bible and as you do that you run across things and you're like oh I maybe should start rethinking my view or maybe I should be more intentional about, you know, things that I, you know, am thinking about or ways in which I am living out my Christian life. I think is right. what you're getting at. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And how does that impact the government or what, what role does the government play in, in that, in, mm-hmm. in our Christian worldview and how that might work itself out. Yeah. And I think you're right. Sometimes I think people take a, an easy exit ramp on, Oh, government well clearly you're talking about politics right yeah. so they take it straight to that but it doesn't have to be that no. um my, my dad um and and you know my dad yeah uh, my dad's retired and you've only known him as being retired but before he retired uh he was a a public health dentist and he was a pediatric dentist so he worked my, my entire life so for 30 plus years he worked as a children's dentist but he worked for the state of virginia hmm. um for the for the health department in in a, in the city of Hampton, and his only uh, patients were children that were in essentially in poverty. Right. Okay. So it was funded by the state. He was employed by the state. He was a government employee. He was a state employee of the health department, and his job was to help primarily do uh, preventative. Uh, yeah. dental work and, and medicine on kids that otherwise would not be able to go afford, you know, parents didn't have health insurance, wouldn't be able to go afford uh, them going to um, a lot. Honestly, a lot of the places that have come up now, these places like Cool Smiles and where they accept uh, Medicaid yeah. for, for people who are in poverty. So anyway, that's what my dad did my entire life. So he was, you know, there were these underserviced, under-resourced people that would that would come in and that's who his patients were all day long every day. Mm-hmm. And just to sort of cross back over to this uh to the political side, my dad, hopefully I'm not blowing him up by saying this, my dad is a is a pretty, you know, politically conservative person. And when I was growing up, you know, it'd be traditional for, you know, him to vote Republican. Well what was interesting mm-hmm. is that in Virginia the Republicans were always trying to shut down the program that he worked on <laughs> right. because it was just like, you know, it was potentially is like an entitlement program. I don't know. It, it, it was, again, back to your no no taxes are good taxes or lower taxes are, are better. Um, so my dad would go and he would vote uh, for the side that was uh, sort of threatening to eliminate his job. Mm-hmm. Um 
Whereas, you know, the other side of the aisle, they were trying to expand these programs, generally speaking, broad brush. Um, so anyway, the only reason I point that out is just because I guess I grew up understanding or at least having an increasing understanding that, okay, you have these people who don't have the resources to get sort of the service that, that I get because my, my dad's a dentist, although my dad used to throw me in the chair and just kind of do his own yeah. thing. We never had a separate <laughs> dentist. Right. But I saw, okay, well, this is the government that's actually doing this. Like it's not the church, for instance. Yeah. Like the, the church is not having kids come in and giving them sealants and fixing cavities. And right. It, but yeah. because it's a pretty nuanced, like specific thing. Like my dad had to go to dental school to be able to do this. Yeah. So I started getting in my mind, okay, well, there seems to be like a realm of things that maybe the church does for people, but there's this other realm of things that seems like the church is maybe not the best at or, or able uh, to do. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, you can look at, you know, like government's greatest hits. Um, and I don't really, that doesn't exactly exist, but it sounded good. Uh, I mean, I think you can look at like, you know, and don't get me wrong. I don't want to make it seem like I think these things are perfect. All of these things can use it. Like things can use improvement. Everything sure. can, right? But like the education system that we have in the United States, pretty solid in my personal opinion, as right. far as what it allows for us to do from, you know, a very young, I mean, you know, K through 12, right? I mean, Correct. Like, right. That's pretty solid. I, I mean, I would say. I right. would say that the government, you know. Well, you and I are both products of, of a a public school yeah, system. Definitely. And I loved my time in public school. Right. I'm glad that it's over, but I had a great time. Right. Um, you know, and then I think that, you know, you, you take that age and then you can go to the polar opposite. And I think that our government does a pretty solid job of allowing us to uh, retire with dignity. Right. I think, I think, you know, social security gives us, something right I mean like right I, safety net yeah exactly and and so uh, I, I don't think that I think there's a, a fair amount of people that I know especially around my age group that have a lot of trust issues when it comes to the government um, and, and that comes from a bunch of information from the internet that we don't know if it's true or not it comes from um, I mean, just general distrust in institutions because exactly. it wouldn't just be the government I mean they don't trust Exactly. Amazon or Facebook either, right? No, right. And, and, and so, you know, when we tend to fixate on, you know, issues, which like negative issues that, that can become that I, that, I mean, I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing, but I think that we can fixate on them to a fault. Yeah. And, and so that makes, you know, things like that education system, like that, you know, the, the, the social security system that we have in place kind of like it like cool but we just like kind of let it go off the wayside because it's we see flaws from that and so it's right like, or or medicare you know oh, people yeah, over absolutely. 65 yeah. having uh health health insurance uh, coverage yeah it, i mean it's interesting again you'll see how we're trying not to talk about politics but you'll almost feel like i keep sort of ping-ponging back there a little bit and and it's just because it's for this reason is that i think a lot of times some of these Program some of the things that government does do. Mm -hmm. You know, you could argue whether it could do it better or do it or, right. or do, does it badly sure. or whatever. But some of the things that it does do and that people certainly utilize and have come to uh, depend upon, um, they get highly politicized 
or you, you get these words like, you know, a word that gets thrown out a lot is the word socialism, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, to describe things where depending on what you mean by socialism, all these programs that we're talking about, social security mm -hmm. is a socialist program in the sense that the, the goal is to make sure that there is this social safety net for people you know, but yeah. that you work and, and sort of the government protects you against yourself. It it causes, I, I, I own a business. And so I can tell you, not only do the employees have to put in towards social security, the employer does too. Mm -hmm. And if you're self-employed for all those people out there, you have to put in both sides because yeah. you are the employer and the employee. But the government sort of saves you uh, from yourself and, and at least in theory has that money. It comes back to you. Um, but whether it's Medicare, whether it's Social Security, whether it's the stimulus checks, right. whether it's the you know child credit checks, all these programs are, I mean, arguably, maybe you, you might not want to think that they're socialist or call them socialist, but they are programs to sort of help, to help people, mm -hmm. um, to help people broadly. Uh, so yeah, a lot of times I think that some of these things that the government does just gets hijacked because of politics, like people yeah. pay, play politics with them. Yeah. Um, but so that's just us sort of like, I don't know, spitballing here, talking a little bit about government. But I know what we wanted to do is to get into some scripture um, because the script, scriptures are not silent no. about the government. Yeah, it's It's exactly. actually kind of surprising because you probably don't hear from a pulpit you know, on a regular basis teaching or preaching on what the Bible says on government. And you probably don't hear it in a Bible class. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I mean, I'm a Bible class teacher. So are you Roman? It's probably on us as much as it's on anybody, but there's, there's not a, a small amount of, of scripture on this. Yeah. I mean, and, and I'm going to, I'd like to start with something simple. Um, one that isn't that I think goes from just like a regular human, be a good person, be a good Christian kind of thing that then transfers over into more um, as we get into more talk of the government, right? Titus chapter three, um, remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate and always to be gentle toward everyone. Um, I think the second, like the, you know, chapter three, verse two, um, I read one and two there. The, 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 the two verse is the, Hey everybody, why don't you just like be a good person? Like be a good Christian, right? Um, be a Christian. Um, and then the, the first part there is what I think it kind of gets left on the wayside, um, is subject to rulers and authorities to be obedient. Um, a lot of people don't like to hear that mainly. And, and, and I mean, he could have said, in all honesty, he could have said, be subject to anything and people don't really want to hear that yeah well let me i'll just just to chime in just to show that you're not like that's not like an isolated verse this is right. first peter 2 13 through 17 the first part of there says be subject for the lord's sake to every human institution right. <laughs> whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good for this is the will of god that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people um, live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for sin, but living as servants of God, honor everyone, love the brother, brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Yeah. And, you know, I, um, I struggle at times um, on Facebook. 
and this is this is the political side right where people are you know i don't like what so and so did or you know not my president or you know whatever i mean and and um, I was telling you right before this that I enjoy the fact that people, for the most part, or I feel like I do a pretty good job of people not knowing politically kind of where I'm at and do that on purpose. Right. Um, because. Wait, but you have a Biden-Harris t-shirt on right now. Do I really? <laughs> no, it says, says it says Funkel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just That's missing. pretty funny. Um, I think that it's. It's interesting that, you know, I, I mean, like genuinely, Lauren, Lauren, my wife and I, we talk about that regularly. We don't do it intentionally. Or, right. Well, I say that I do it intentionally. I don't know if Lauren does, but she also right. does a good job of that. But um, I struggle and I've always struggled with that. And I and it wasn't and I'll be honest, it wasn't because I knew the scripture on the top of my head. I promise you that I I I think that people get into, you know, high places in government, right? Like president of the United States. Yeah. And, um, you can say that they got there out of luck. You can say that they got there out of whatever, right? Um, they're still a human being. They're still somebody who they're not going to be perfect. They're going to have done dumb things. They're going to have done great things. And as, as human beings, we can choose to focus on the negative and make it all about the negative, or we can choose to focus on the good things about that person. Now, choosing to focus on the good things doesn't make the bad things go away. Right. We're not going to make it seem like that's how it is. However, continuing to slander someone over and over and over again just because um, of the position that they're in, um, specifically the governing body, doesn't seem very biblical based off these yeah it's it's interesting sort of and, and those are just two uh we, right. we haven't even we haven't even read romans right because romans here's romans thir- i'll just start with this romans chapter 13 this is right right from the get-go it starts out let every person be subject to the governing authorities and then here's the part that just blows people's brains wide open for there is no authority except from god and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. And those who resist will incur judgment. Now, it goes right. on from there, but there's a lot there. So let me ask you right there, Roman. Like, <laughs> There's certainly a way to read that. I would say maybe it's even the most literal reading says that God has essentially placed each leader in the position that they're in. Right. Does it sound like that to you? Am I misreading that or? I mean, it, it, I've, I've looked at that scripture many times. Um, and I, I think that you could, you could try to make it sound different ways if you really wanted it to, but or if you it, needed it, to. if you needed it to really, <laughs> Um, but at face, if you read that at face value, it really seems like God. Here's just how, like I put here's how I think this scripture gets interpreted normally. It gets interpreted this way. If you agree with the authorities, mm-hmm. you interpret this literally. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if you disagree with the authorities, what you do is you then retreat to other scriptures, which we'll talk about. There are some sort of countervailing examples and, and scriptures, but if you look at sort of the weight of them, there seems to be this emphasis on a divine um, like stamp yeah. somehow on, on, at least let me say it this way, at least on government in the largest sense, right? Mm-hmm. So, so maybe 
maybe, uh, well, let me just uh, let me just sort of cut to my opinion, just so we don't dance around this too much. I guess it's my opinion that one of the things that Romans chapter thirteen is saying it says a lot of different things, but one of the things it's saying is that government, if we look at government as just being the way that we live our lives together and the way that we sort of operate and order and hopefully care for all the people that are within our city, town, state, country, that's something God is interested in, right? Yeah. At sort of the most basic level. Um, and and because of that, I think that, let's put it this way, that if you identify as just an anarchist, Right. If you identify and you're like, look, I am a Christian anarchist. My goal is to burn everything down, burn down all these structures. To me, that seems inconsistent with the spirit of what's behind a lot of these passages that you and I were just reading, and particularly in Romans. So th- that's me sort of, again, that's my opinion. I'm sort of... I, I understand that's maybe even a softening because I think you could go much further, right? You could say what what I sort of started out with. You could say, look, the reason that these people are in power is God has placed them in power. And maybe this is even a Pharaoh situation where God is hardening hearts. And you could get very, very, um, you could get very sort of interventionist with God in terms of what God is doing and God, you know, having a divine order and being a divine sort of puppet master. And I'm not sure that's the case. I just know that some people see it that way. Well, yeah, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly with the it's, you know, whatever side you're on is how you're going to make that, you know, make that fit what you need it to. Um, and it, uh, it, it bothers me. I struggle with that a lot because I, I don't, maybe it, maybe it's that I just don't understand it. I don't, I don't think that people look at that and think, Oh, I could, if that person was here, I, I mean, I, that would be hurtful. Um, they look at it as, Oh, we disagree on some fundamental levels and, and you, you know, they could be in the right or the wrong, but like, I don't, it just, if your spouse or your child or your friend said something or did something like that, are you, are you going everywhere that you possibly can? Are you becoming a keyboard warrior and losing your mind about it? I don't think so. I also choose to live probably a naive life. Uh, maybe not naive, but I, I think I choose to live a life where I think people, for the most part, obviously it's not, there are exceptions to every rule, right. but I think people, for the most part, don't like wake up in the morning and think, I'm going to do some bad stuff today. I'm going to do something that a lot of people disagree with and that, are, that I'm going to hurt a lot of people when I do yeah. it. No, no, I, I agree. I think people do, I don't want to get too Dr. Phil here, but sure. like people do what works for them, right? Yeah. So... um it's somehow working for them if they're doing it. Like it's it's doing something for them. I, I do think though that some people maybe work out a lot of fear um, and anxieties and, and 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 do that through social media. Here's here's another a, a couple of um, 
another couple of verses that were just a little bit further down in Romans 13 that this is one I think you and I were talking about like right before it, and we even mentioned it about taxes. Listen to this. It, um, it, in verse 6, chapter 13, verse 6, this is also why you pay taxes. For the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. And then it goes on to say, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt of love uh, to love one another for whoever loves others fulfills the law. I read that second one or that, that, that follow-up verse about love just to say, notice how he sort of transitions from government but brings it back to relational yeah. and love. But I mean, how many times, Roman, how many sermons can you remember in your lifetime? Have you heard the preacher preach on, uh, remember, Romans 13, everybody, it says, if you owe taxes, pay your taxes. <laughs> never heard one of those. I've, I've never heard that, right? So it's it's just interesting that, again, now, does this mean, of course, they were not in a democratic society where, where, right. where everybody had a vote, right? So... Yes, fully acknowledge that we are in a different context where in this country, guess what? You can take a different political position or a different policy position and say, you know what? I think taxes should be lower. Or you could say, I think taxes should be higher. So we are in a different context. But it does say that if you owe taxes, pay taxes. Now, let me ask you, Roman, why do you think it says that? Just I want to center around on taxes because taxes becomes, I think, so politicized, mm -hmm. the, the, the concept of taxes. But why do you think, like, we're, we're in a, you know, th this is a podcast where we're talking about Christianity and, and Christian living and drawing lines. Why do you think, why do you think that the scripture would say, if you owe taxes, pay taxes? Um, one, I think that if you if you didn't pay taxes specifically, well, I mean, even now, but specifically during that time, you're going to jail. Right, it's a problem, um, right? It's an issue, right? And then if, if a bunch of the Lord's people are in jail or viewed as, you know, not great people in society or people who can't maintain or Not whatever, contributing to the like, common good. Right, and, and also realize that, like, Paul wrote all this, who was... His parents were Roman, right? I mean, like... Right, he was a citizen. Yeah, That's so... Right. Mm, interesting, interesting point. Right, yeah, so and, it, and so, I mean, that's... that's hey, be good Be good citizens here, people. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a thing. And, like, I don't For some people, I guess it could be difficult, but for the most part, like, just... You can do right, it. Right, right. It's it's interesting. I mean, a lot of... Maybe peop, some people know this, some people don't, but, like, in the United States, as a matter of policy, we have what's called a progressive tax code. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you make... $20,000 or less, you pay a percentage-wise, a relatively low amount of taxes. If right. you make $50,000 or less, you you pay a little bit more. $100,000, you pay even more, all the way up to where, um, you know, at the top income levels, you're, you're paying 38% mm -hmm. in taxes, which, I mean, would be soul-crushing for people that are down in those lower brackets, but we have sort of recognized there's been a policy determination as a country, as a government, that you know what? If you're making over $400,000 a year, you can afford to pay 38% in taxes, right. right? Which is, I think, about to go to 396 
uh, which is what it was before the most recent tax cuts. So you even have sort of these policies. And, and so what, again, what are the taxes for? What are they doing? It's for the government to be able to do a lot of things. And you may disagree, like the, the military is a huge spend and you yeah. may be pro-military or, or you may be Pro, you may you may think, oh, well, we need to spend even more on military on the military. You may think mm-hmm. that less needs to be spent on the military, but it's a huge expense. But it's one of those things that that taxes pay for. So, I don't I don't know, Roman. Like, where sort of there are places though. I wanted to give maybe some other examples. Like, I'm thinking about what was it, Peter and John, um, when they get hauled in front. Now, these are the these are the religious, the political religious authorities. Um, when they get get hauled in front of them in Acts chapter five, um, and they're 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 instructed not to teach about Jesus anymore, like to stop speaking in this name. And then they say, uh, Acts five twenty nine, uh, Peter and the apostles answered, "We must obey God rather than men." Right. And, and, and you certainly have, you know, Jesus, like a multitude of examples in the New Testament of Jesus um, uh, challenging the religious political leaders of the day and their actions. You have John the Baptist challenging King Herod mm-hmm. and the way he lived and, you know, him taken up with his brother's wife and... Yeah. Um, so it's like we have these other examples. So I guess how do you, I don't know why it's all me asking you questions today. You can <laughs> hit me with questions, but how do you sort of integrate or process those examples where it feels like there are certain examples in scripture where authority is maybe treated differently, mm. or at least it, it seems to, that, that, that protesting authority would, would be okay. How, how do you view that? Um, well, I think that there's an understanding now where uh, there's an understanding very, like we know it very well now that government has a cost. Um, it's, we just talked about taxes, right? Right. Um, and you know, I mentioned at the beginning that there are good things that happen from taxes. Um, I mean, in various other things, but, um, mainly taxes. Uh, and uh, I think that God has, sh- or He showed His people that way back in the day mm-hmm. with the Israelites when they're they're out of Egypt, and um, even before Egypt, but you know after Egypt and and when His people were taken over by the Babylonians and the Assyrians, and I mean and. and and I mean, they wanted was a king. That's what they wanted. They wanted a king yeah. really bad. And God was finally like, cool. Um, but then it ended up not going well, right? Yeah. Um, and so he they, warned them, and then Samuel warned them, and then they did exactly it anyway. right. And so um, I, I think that the price that they paid was great because they became not who they're supposed to be, right? They right. they did things that they weren't supposed to be doing um, until finally they realized that. Um, I don't know if this is going to sound right or not, but like, you know, God is the ultimate 
form of government. Um, and that may sound like that may sound really weird. There's going to be people. No, no. Well, for, for them in particular, I mean, God was their their king, their yeah. divine king. That that's the way that God had sort of set them up. I mean, he, there were leaders, but mm-hmm. God was the ultimate authority. But they said, "We want to be like the nations around us. Right. We want to be like those around us." Yeah, and so there was this lack of understanding of 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 both. I mean, I say both governments. I don't want to make it seem like I'm trying to make God some form of government. Right, right. It, the analogy fits, right? Yeah. Um, and and so if we can have that understanding through Scripture, um, through example, um, through you know the, the people that you said you know that were that were constantly kind of maybe going back and forth or intentionally not doing, not saying that those were bad, not saying that, but they were clearly. Um, viewing God as the ultimate form of government. I think that, I yeah. mean, sh- what, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yeah. A great example that, in all honesty, gets used probably a little... Maybe too much. Maybe too but, much, but... Uh, no, no, but it is, right? right the, Nebuchadnezzar says, hey, worship this thing, mm-hmm. and they say, hey, we're not going to worship it, and they get thrown in the fiery furnace, and they get rescued, and it's sort of an example. That's a great example, though. I'm glad right. you brought it up, even though maybe it's overused. But... Um, it, because they were defying the governmental authorities. But you also have examples of Daniel sort of like working within the system. Right. Right? But but to still honor God w- within the system. One thing you pointed out that I think is really important, talking about Israel and wanting a king, even though that's not what God had really planned for them, is that we do see examples in Scripture, and certainly history has given us examples, of government going very badly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, you everywhere from Nazi Germany um, to uh, other dictatorships to just um, well, not just the Holocaust, but just other uh, uh, mass extinction of 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 people, extermination of peoples, mm-hmm. religious persecution, yeah. racial persecution. I mean, that's the that's the other thing. So. That's where you can see how this, not just Romans 13, but some of these other New Testament passages, you can see how these might have been used, let's say, during the civil rights movement or prior to the civil rights movement to, um, you know, to reinforce if you're sort of, if... (laughs) If, if the politicians in your state or, or the, that were in charge of the country, the president or, or whoever was in power, if they were segregationists mm-hmm. and, and you're pointing to Romans 13, like I said, I think a lot of times it's just used as a weapon. If right. you want to use it, you use yeah. it. But if it doesn't work for you, you don't use it. But you could see them, you know, people potentially pointing to that and say, hey, look, these are just the rules. These are the laws. Mm-hmm. This is how things, you know, hey, segregation, Jim Crow, all these different things. This is just how it is. And we need to follow the government authorities. Oh, and you people who are protesting, mm-hmm. you need to get back in line and follow these laws. And I think that Christians, um, certainly other people who are, are not Christians, have come to understand that there are times when the laws are not good laws. And, right. you know, people like Martin Luther King and, and others, um, you know, re- who were Christians recognized, OK, well, wait a second. There, th- maybe the way to deal with this is through nonviolent resistance. I mean, we could talk we could have an entire episode just sort of talking about that. But I think it's it has to be pointed out that 
um, like we've cut, like we came to um, over the past couple of weeks when we were looking at science and faith, and like we have in many other of our episodes, it's always kind of comes back to how we read and interpret the scripture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. It really does. Yeah, like absolutely. like because we could read this Romans thirteen and these other passages, we could read them unyieldingly. And they would not allow for a Christian perspective that would have supported a civil rights movement if it under a particular reading. So I almost feel like we are forced to, it forces us to have a more nuanced view to look back at examples like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? Yeah. To look back, you look at, at Peter and John and the apostles in the New Testament, to look at Jesus and his interaction with the Pharisees and the, the leaders and then to kind of formulate, okay, well, where where does that leave me in sort of how do I live live out my Christian walk in light of my views of, of government? Well, I, I think of the idea of, um, and I, don't, I hope this doesn't sound too, too out of there, but um, offering your bodies as a living sacrifice, which is something that is continual, which is something that is always. Um, obviously, he goes into the fact that that's worship. Um, but worship requires sacrifice, and then you could go into the idea of we should be worshiping all the time. But um, I think, Brad, I would ask you is, what do you, how how do you specifically, um, what do you do when the government is maybe doing something that you disagree with at yeah. a fundamental level as a Christian? Are you, and I'm, I'm not saying that this is you, but like, you know, I, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen you be a keyboard warrior, but like, is, 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 is it okay to just sit and do nothing? Do we protest? Do we, do we get the word out there? I mean, because it's not like you can just grab, you know, you can just be like, Hey, president, I disagree with you. Oh, and then you, you know, they don't respond. So you go get a brother and you go with them and then you go get an elder and you go to the white house. Like it doesn't work like that. Right. right. So, no. <laughs> like, you know, like if we're going to do it as scripturally as we possibly can, how does that work? Well, let me just tell you how I have dealt with this. It's going to be a, a kind of a little bit different from how you set it up. But for instance, I remember back when we were dealing with, um, you were just a a, a little kid back then, but um, <laughs> Obamacare. Okay, Obamacare. I'll just call it there. Yeah. Um, so universal health care. This idea of expansive universal health care. I remember being in Bible classes where I would hear people talk about, again, to throw out a word, you know, socialism. Like, you know, we should, like, put, kind of putting their, trying to put their arms around the whole class. Like, we should, as Christians, be against socialism and programs like universal health care. And I always saw in those moments, my job was to, you know, not lobby on Capitol Hill, but in those settings to be a voice to say, hold on, wait a second. You know, if we actually look at the function of government and how some of these scriptures that we've talked about, how the government actually is supposed to do things to help people, there are Christian positions that would support <laughs> universal right. health care. Yeah. So you sort of proceeding as if the only scriptural position to take mm-hmm. is this position that 
universal health care is socialism, you know, it ended up being like sort of a very political position. And I've always felt like my job is to say, hey, there are Christians out there that um, that that do support, uh, you know, certain things. And here are the scriptures to support it. Mm-hmm. Right. But but you the specific thing that you asked is what if there's something that the government is doing that you don't. That, that you don't approve of. We've right. talked about the death penalty before, right? Sure, yeah. So I would say in, in that circumstance, whenever I hear somebody say something along the lines of, well, of, of course I support the death penalty. I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. I feel like my job is to say, wait, stop the bus for a second. <laughs> like that, that is not the only, you know, the, uh, the de- being a supporter of the death penalty is not the only valid and even scriptural position that a Christian can take. And let's engage on that. Let yeah. me explain to you why. Yeah. So I, I think that at least in my world, I did have a whole past where I, I worked in the Virginia General Assembly. I worked for a senator. I worked in different committees and on different commissions and I helped draft legislation. I did all that kind of stuff. So I had sort of that time in my life, mm-hmm. but now to me, it's just much more personal. I, I, right. in, in a lot of ways, I'll just tell you the truth. I have a lot of distaste for policy politics because I saw how the sausage got made Yeah, and it was as ugly or uglier than you think it is sort of behind the scenes. It doesn't mean that there's not good people there. There are. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate the good people that are there because if, if all the good people go away, then it's really going to be bad. Right. But at the same time, I think for me personally, since you asked, I feel like that's my job. My job is to engage with people and, and maybe give them a little bit different point of view from Scripture um, in, in terms... Of, that's what I was trying to do today. Like, mm-hmm. hey... Hopefully yeah. we've we've made some points about government that you haven't thought about before that were even in scripture. And yeah. we're just scratching the surface oh, yeah, absolutely. on how many scriptures oh, um, so many. In, in the scripture uh, or in the Bible related to government. Yeah, and you know, as as we're starting to wrap up, um, which is crazy to me because I'll be honest, I'm not I'm not a hey, let's sit around the coffee table or um fireplace or whatever anybody sits around anymore. I don't even yeah. know. It's COVID. I haven't sat around anybody's coffee table. Um, I, I don't, I'm not the, Hey, let's talk about politics or the government or, I mean, actually like I, I loathe those conversations. They're like my least favorite. Yeah. I'd rather talk fantasy football. I'd rather talk right. literally anything right. else. Pickleball, racquetball, yeah. anything with a ball at the end. Yeah, football. Absolutely. Please. That's who I am. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> Um, I, but I also understand that like, that's not always my audience, but also that's, I, I, I need to be able to have that conversation because at some point that conversation is going to be really relevant to somebody yes. that, that I need to be, um, I don't know if the word discipling to, or if I need to just be able to just, I don't know, be there for them. Right. Just to check in moment. with people yeah. on, cause I think all of us have a tendency to sort of get, intense about a lot of different subjects. Mm-hmm. This is yeah. this is one of them. Well, I, I know we're wrapping up, but I thought it might be good to close on sort of this one vignette, this picture, which I really love. I love the way Jesus interacts with people so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is one, you know, there's a story that's familiar, um, but it was when, you know, you have these uh, rulers, speaking of rulers and authorities that were around Jesus, and they were trying to trap him and trick him. Yeah. And and guess what? Taxes aren't just a touchy issue today. Taxes <laughs> were a touchy issue in the first century at the time of yeah. Jesus and Caesar. And so they asked him, 
you know, hey, Jesus, what's your position on sort of like, you know, what's your political position on taxes? Mm-hmm. Who would you vote for when it comes to taxes? What, what, you know, they're, it's really interesting. They totally tried to corner Jesus and Jesus uh, says, do you have a coin? And they're like, yeah, you know, pull in their pocket and they pull out a coin. And, and he says, okay, so whose image is on the coin? And they say, well, it's Caesar. Obviously we're in, you know, this is, we're under Roman occupation. Right. <laughs> we're in the Roman empire. It's Caesar's picture on the coin. And this is Matthew chapter 22, verse 21. Then he goes, well, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God. Now, what he's saying is so subtle and nuanced here, and you don't get it unless you think all the way back to what? What's our favorite place to go, Roman? Genesis, Genesis chapter 1, right? We are made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. And notice how Jesus is like, okay, whose image is on the coin? Mm-hmm. It's Caesar. And by the way, Caesar was made in God's image too. Yeah. But then he says, okay, Caesar's image is on it. So pay the taxes, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, but whose image is on us? God's image, because we were made in God's image. So you dedicate yourself to God. So it's, that's, I think our struggle. And that is our our charge is to, at the same time, we're rendering to Caesar what is Caesar's. We're paying the taxes we're supposed to pay. We're, you know, I guess not being anarchists, or at least we're choosing very carefully the times that we're pushing back against the government that is supposed to help all of us. That at the same time we're doing that, we are wholeheartedly uh, acknowledging the image of God in ourselves and in others around us and treating people as such doing all that. Mm. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that's beautiful. I think that's exactly the, the plan here. Right. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know that this is exactly the, the right way to put it, but I don't, like common sense isn't the word I'm looking for because that's wrong. I, I, I think that like being godly, um, or holy, um, you know, it says be perfect, therefore, yeah. as I am perfect, right? Yeah. And like, cool, thanks, appreciate it. Uh, um, let me get right on that. Um, but I, I think he's talking about the mindset, the yeah. idea of you know who you know who is across who is this conversation with? Yeah. Not not about me, but who who is this benefiting? And and it doesn't doesn't always need to be you. Yeah. Um, but people don't ever want to like be okay with that for whatever reason, myself included. Yeah. Um, and so I love that. I, I, I love the idea that if I can have that, I, that, that mindset that like this person that I disagree with or this governing body is doing something that I'm not a fan of that, like, uh, you know, it, they are made in the image of God still. It's not like, you know, God said, oops, you know, like it doesn't work like that. Right. Yeah. There was intent, there was intentionality there. I mean, that's scripture, yeah. that, you know? And so, um, God, I, I just want to tell people to like, I, and this is the part of me that really has to figure that part out because I'm yeah. not good at it, but I really say, Hey, get over yourself. Um, yeah. like you need to figure that one out because you're really pushing a whole lot of people away who you need to be close to. Yeah. Um, because that's your calling as a Christian. Um, and I don't know. A lot of people probably don't want to hear that or people might disagree with me, but no, I mean, I think, you know, it's okay for us to disagree with policies and with institutions, but people, 
and to even to disagree with people, but you know, to disagree um, is one thing, but to somehow start viewing people as if there's something else, as if there's something different than us. Yeah. All right. I don't usually, I know we got to shut down here. I don't usually plug other podcasts. I don't know why. I guess maybe we should. We, I guess we've done that before a couple of times, but I've been made aware of this new podcast that I love. It's called Holy Ghost Stories. Yeah. Um, right. And so it's just really interesting that this podcast, Holy Ghost Stories, that a couple of, uh, uh, I think it was, I don't know, it was the most recent episode. It was one of the most recent episodes. Um, he does it. What, what, what he does, does a fantastic job of sort of going and retelling Bible stories with music in the background. And it is the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego story. Mm-hmm. But what he does in this episode is so amazing because he actually, uh, and, and probably it's because he's heard the story a thousand times and wanted to right. tell it a little different way. He talks actually about how God was using this, you know, not only as a way to rescue uh, these three uh, guys who were super faithful and who were, you know, prepared to die, but he talks about King Nebuchadnezzar and how it was, how God was sort of using several of these opportunities to get at this Babylonian king's heart. Mm -hmm. And it was like, he focused on how God had not given up on this king, even though this king was was sort of in some ways like the last person that you would think. Right. Right. Think about the most corrupt, um, you know, immoral leader that you can think of, that you can imagine. And yet, the way, but the way that he tells this story, he shows how God had not given up on him. And honestly, it was a little discomforting. When I, when I listen to it, but now that I think about it and sort of lining up with what you're saying, it's beautiful, really, because yeah. I think that is how God is. God doesn't write people off in the same way that we do, mm-hmm. whether they're in government and they're in the party that you hate or they're the there's somebody that you've decided is evil or, or yeah. whatever. God hasn't written them off in the same way that you have. So we need to find a way to rewind on that. Yeah, and, and I think that that kind of transitions into well into what we're going to be talking about next week which is the concept of disunity in Christ. And I know that that doesn't, that is not normally how that little saying goes. Um, but I think we're going to, we're going to focus on the, the idea of, of Jesus. So he's supposed to be this unifying concept, this, this individual, this, you know, bringer of light that kind of, you know, allows us to be together as one, but it seemingly has pushed so many people away, has seemingly caused so much divide and chaos amongst, yeah. you know, millions of people. I mean, how, I mean, how are we going to, you know, do we reconcile that? How do we, how, how does that work? Yeah. And so, you know, I, I want us to take a look at, at the idea of, okay, there's been a lot of disunity one, why, but then, you know, how can we, how can we make, how can, how can we create unity out of the disunity that is currently there. Yeah, I love that topic. I I can't wait to do that. I feel like some of what we've been doing through the past 30 episodes, Roman, is looking at different ways, maybe even touching on topics that perhaps create disunity, and we're trying to find a way to kind of have a space to talk about them and work through them towards unity. But I can't wait to just talk about that overarching concept. I think it's going to be good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that it's going to work out well. But hey, uh, thank you guys so much for being with us this week. Do us a favor, like, 
Give us five stars. It helps people. It. it helps people find us. Yeah, absolutely. If you if you you know want to give us a, a, a rating or a review, that works out well too. I know that as when I'm looking for new podcasts or I'm looking for for just new things to listen to in general, if there are reviews on it, I'm a big fan of like reading those and and, and just seeing kind of what it's about. So if you could do that for us, that'd be awesome. Um, but are we paying people to do that? We, by the way, are we, we starting yet? To do that? But we could. Okay. Um, if you'd like five dollars, if you want racquetball rackets. <laughs> Or if you want a fantasy football trades, whatever you want. Roman is here for you with the bribery. And <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, hey, thank you so much for being with us this week. Um, and uh, we look forward to being with you next week. Have a blessed day.